Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with the bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sidgwick to review AEW Rampage, and they tried. They actually tried. They're still putting a cheat code, but you know there was certain um, things on the show that had stakes. The quality was high almost across the board. It's still I never conflate what I say ever. If you can just do me this kindness. This is the listeners I'm talking to, <laughs> I'm addressing. Never conflate me with Vince Russo, right? But the problem with Vince Russo and his criticisms of um, AEW and Rampage in particular, no, they are hypocritical, right, mm-hmm. in that he very much booked for the hardcore internet fans. He did. He just seemed to think that they made up the entire base with his insider meta um, angles and contributed to the death of that company Mm -hmm. as a result. So he's an inveterate hypocrite. um, But regardless, there is so much, you know that Onion headline, heartbreaking, worst person you know makes great points. (laughs) Yes. There's so much of that with um, Vince Russo in AEW where he's talking about how, you know, long, great matches with very little stakes don't really draw the TV audience. Mm -hmm. And Rampage hasn't even been that for some time. So even a good episode, I don't think, is going to resolve the core issues with that program. Tony Khan has admitted to dogging it, Mm. which is a little bit uh, not cool. He's Mm -hmm. basically said, I've got my full roster back. Monkeys, Paul Kills. (laughs) But he said before the All Out Press, I've got my full roster back so I can start to load up Rampage again. It's like, mate, why why did he stop doing it? Why did he stop caring? You've basically said that the last however many months of Rampage, amid the injury crisis, he didn't really care about. And of course no one cares back, so he's got a mountain to climb. Um, This is not going to climb any mountains, but it is going to make work rate nerds like myself happy. Um, So yeah, a very good episode of... No, some very good matches, but not necessarily a very good episode of television, which I keep pointing out are two wildly different things. But as the two matches go, 
varying degrees of grey. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was funny that I was watching this on uh, Sunday night and thinking, see, all it took to fix AW Rampage was the entire company almost burning down. Yes, yes. Like Dynamite was sensational. I was chatting to Scott about it earlier on today. Scott of uh, What Culture Gaming. Check out the What Culture Gaming podcast, yes. wherever you get your podcast from, if you like that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, he was he was very hyped on, on Dynamite. And uh, yeah, this week has been probably in this year one of the best one-two punches in terms of Dynamite and Rampage yes. going to get like often we sit here obviously and praise Dynamite and then we sit here and go yeah and Rampage happened yeah it exists but like yeah memorable stuff happened on the show good matches matches I wanted to see matches fans wanted to see matches with stakes yes on Rampage despite the fact obviously it may get spoiled for some people but I think the most not even the most ardent AW fans, I think most fans, you don't have to work that hard to avoid spoilers from Rampage. Not anymore. Certainly not anymore. Um, even my Twitter timeline, which is mostly full of good people, hence why I've curated it that way, every now and then they would allude to something on Rampage because it was worth talking about, and that hasn't been the case for so long. Um, but yep. Yeah. Good episode, and we'll drill into why imminently. Yeah, and uh, the show opened uh, as we hoped it kind of would. It sort of topped and tailed with, you know, the Ring of Honor title, world title match, and on the other side of things, you've got this Grand Slam Tournament of Champions, um, which will decide who faces Mox yes, in the, the semi-final on Dynamite yeah. this week. It was Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, and the beauty of this is this, well, the entire tournament, arguably, to a certain extent, you could go... I can't really call this. Yeah. Like, even though we have our semi-finals now, and we we probably could sit here and say it m- may well be uh, Mox versus Brian Danielson, but you wouldn't bet your house on it. Just like we didn't know who to call in this one, you could easily see Darby Allen versus Mox for just wild brawl yeah. reasons, and then Guevara for you know great match, but also quite obvious babyface heel dynamics. And uh, yeah, that played into this match really well. I thought. Um, these two have obviously worked a lot together and they've made magic before and I thought they did it again uh, here. Um, Darby Allen early on misses a charge in the corner and Guevara chops him, sets up for a superplex and uh, Darby Allen battles to get out of it. But uh, Guevara hits him with it and then goes to sort of continue with a series of vertical suplexes, almost the three amigos, but Allen counters the third one and uh, suplexes him over the top rope. They both land on their feet on the floor and then Darby Allen Hits Guevara with a suplex out there to take us to a break. No, not yet. Wait a second. What came first was Darby Allen going for that insane tope that he does. But uh, Tay Mello, Sammy's other half, of course, puts herself in the way. And Darby Allen hesitates. But then just, hang on, where, where are my manners? We're going to do it anyway. But the pause has allowed Guevara to recover, and he hits him with a beautiful cutter oh on the floor God. to take us to... Oh, press because of... Oh, my God. We've got too many buttons. We need a bigger board. Yeah. Uh, yes, so he hits him with the, the cutter on the floor to take us to a break. We come back, uh, and Darby Allen catches Guevara with a code red. Uh, they fight out to the floor, um, and uh, Guevara super kicks Allen and takes... Takes the moment to get off with his misses, and that, of course, allows not only Alan to recover, but nearly kill him again yep. with uh, a high-speed tope. Uh, they get back in the ring. Darby Allen takes off Guevara's wedding ring and, and Tay's there, and she's furious at this, demands him give it back. I thought for a split second, to one of two things, see if you went along with me on here, 
obviously chuck it into the crowd. Yes. Right? I thought that. But there was a split second, because maybe this is my analysis of Darby Allen. I thought for a second he was going to swallow it. He looks the type. I just thought, oh, Darby Allen could definitely like swallow that. I don't know what the storyline would be. But well, I think there's only one storyline. It could yeah, be well born. <laughs> uh, but um, before he can decide what he wants to, to do with that, um, Mello jumping, jumping around uh, distracts Darby Allen and Guevara covers and hits him with a brutal-looking high knee and uh, wobbles a split second but hits that double jump cutter, uh, which Jericho just heaps praise on him, especially because of that. Like, it is amazing that they can do yes. stuff like that. It is tightrope stuff. I know. You forget how hard it is until you're reminded. Um, Guevara, because he's a twat, uh, goes for the coffin drop. Darby Allen gets out of the way. And that personified for me, yeah, like the coffin drop looks great. And it would probably be a finisher I'd use if I was creating a character on the video game, for example, because it's so spectacular. But it must suck for everyone. The person yeah. taking it. And the fact that Darby Allen is the person giving it, of course. Um, but, yes, he just each, basically, just lands on his back. Just just a huge back bump off the top yeah. rope, basically. Um, and uh, Darby Allen says, no, this is how you do it. He goes up top, but on down runs uh, Anna JAS uh, to distract the referee. Darby Allen goes up for the, the coffin drop, as I say, and uh, Tay, Tay hits him with a low blow. And Guevara doesn't just powerbomb Allen or just doesn't just powerbomb Allen onto his skateboard. He powerbombs oh. Darby Allen onto his skateboard with the wheels facing up and the trucks. The trucks. I think that's what the kids call it. Uh, Sick trucks, bro. Need more grip tape on the top. I don't know. I don't know what is that. <laughs> I don't know. That was my, uh, that was my skate. Do you have a skater face? Yes. Did you? We'll talk about it after uh, that. I've got, we'll story, I've got a story as well. Okay. Uh, anyway, obviously, Darby Allen's just out as a result of that. Guevara hits the GTH. One, two, three. Guevara advances, as I say, to the semifinals to face Mox on Dynamite this week. I'll get the skater phase out of the way. Okay. I try to skateboard because, you know, you like turtles and, like, radical stuff was everywhere in the early 90s when I started to get susceptible to trends and fashion and, like, phases and all the rest of it. So I had a skateboard, first of all, right? And I thought, oh, it's a bit boring, this. So I, my dad um, is a model car enthusiast. And oh. He does slot car racing as well, which is like hipster scale extra, basically. Nice. But like, it's all about the craft of building the cars and go on a big, massive track and all the rest. So he spray paints them, right? So I wanted him to spray paint Nike on the thing of my board so it looked like it was made by Nike. And then I went out with it. I was like, look at this. This is Nike. And they went, Sidge. Your dad just spray painted it. <laughs> it's fake. And there's this horrible capitalistic thing when you're young. You might have had this where if you dare wear it, non-brand sportswear. I had knockoff Adidas. Yeah, I'd knock off. You'd be like, you're poor and you're rubbish. And you're like, oh, I don't want to be poor and rubbish. I live in a capitalist society. This can't do. So it's like, dad, I think I'm poor. Right, you can't, you can't, I can't have that. It's like, son, we don't really have much. I was like, you've got more spray paint in there. <laughs> so what I want you to do is change it to Mike. Yes. So it went from Nike to Mike. That's amazing. And I was like, I'm Mike now. And like, no one calls us Mike, thank God, as well. I just don't really like Mike. It's fair, fair enough for other people to have it. Uh-huh. It's never really felt like a Mike. Anyway, I then graduated to rollerblading. Blades. Blades. I got my blades, yeah. Yeah. And I did uh, street hockey with like enormous oh. bag, with enormous baggy pants and went to like uh, Whitley Bay. Like the coastal places have all like the skate parks. I was rubbish. I could just about go down like... 
you know, a 45 degree ramp. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, whee! <laughs> you get, I could do that and get a bit of a thrill. The second I saw a half pipe, I was like, I'm just going to play more football, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got scared by half pipes. But I used to do um, street hockey. I used That's to cool. absolutely bloody love street hockey. I never played that, yeah. And then I've got a mate uh, who keeps telling me that he does this, uh, he does rollerblading on Friday night. It's like a retro thing. And he says it just is really, really fun. And you're not judged because you're not doing it in the street. And I keep meaning to go, so maybe I'll be a skater boy. I'll come with you again. on that. I, yeah, I, you would get on with him. He's the, you know what? I don't want worlds to collide. I don't want <laughs> friends to meet other yeah. friends. I'm just happy seeing you all individually. You and him would get on famously. Yeah. Absolutely famously. So maybe I will invite you and collide those worlds, but mm. I can't promise anything. I used, I used to love, I used to love blading. Because uh, I went to the skate park once. I had one pair of jeans because my mum bought my trousers, obviously, and they were like, I don't know, cords or whatever I'd normally wear. I can't remember. One pair of jeans, far too, like, tight. Yeah. Like, now, that's kind of all right. But like you say, back then, it was the baggier, the better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went to the skate park. Someone went, do you want to have a go on a skateboard? I stood on it. It went out from underneath me. I went, I don't understand how this works. I'm never doing this ever again. And so I got some blades. Um, and, yeah, I enjoyed it. And then I discovered hills, and I still don't think I know how to break. Yes. Because you used to have to, like, put your heel back, didn't you? Or, like, or... Or was it the front with blades? It varied, I think. And all I remember is this, this not... Like, I go past it now when I go back home. There's a little hill in Chesterfield, and I distinctly remember going down that hill going, this is amazing. It's the coolest thing I've ever done. Getting near the bottom of the hill and realising, you know, there was a there was a... Path effectively, and then there was a bit of road, like a, a, a to to get into a I don't know a, an estate or whatever it may be. But that bit of road was gravel, so I was like, right. So if I hit that, I'm going flying. Yeah, yeah. I have to stop myself. I couldn't do it. I f- like forgot either forgot or just couldn't forgot all my functions in my feet. So I was just like, is it top? Like probably now. Yeah. Is it the front bit? Is it the back bit? I don't know. And all I remember is going. I have to stop myself before I hit this gravel. And just before I got there, uh, there was a tree. <laughs> There's a tree. And I thought, I'll just grab onto this tree. What actually happened, because I was a child weakling, is I went to grab onto the tree and my arms folded. And I just headbutted oh, the tree. Oh, you went idiot. I went down and went, don't think bleeding for me, bro. No, bro. <laughs> as soon as I saw the half pipe, I was like, no, this, this ends now. Because I can't be seen to be like the older one who can't even go on the half pipe. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to give this How one How do you up. do, fellow kids? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think I got a skateboard. Around about the same time, because I think, like, boards are cooler than blades at a certain age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I spent an entire day in the summer trying to do, like, an ollie or a kickflip after Tony Hawks came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do this either, so I'm just glad to waste the money. <laughs> like, yeah. I wasted so much of my parents' money. Anyway, this wrestling match. Yeah, uh, that was born off the back of Darby Allen's sick bump. Yes. I've got two minor criticisms. One kind of isn't fair. The other one I think is. The, the fair one is... I understand Tony Khan likes to boom, 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 put loads and loads of stuff on his TV programs. Too much, if anything, bloody hell. <laughs> I miss entrances at the start of the show. It just feels like this show's been hacked to death, and it just, you know, he needs to get all this stuff on it, and it's like nothing can feel that important. It feels like clipped and hacked to death, and there's no, like, entrances are so important mm-hmm. in the first beat of telling a story. Um, the first entrance and the way the p- performer is received by the crowd or can manipulate the crowd reaction. Vitally important. When it just smash cuts to in media res, mm-hmm. I don't know my Latin, or a wrestling match happening, it's like, uh, 
it just feels like something's missing, and it doesn't feel like grandiose or anything like that. And this is a con- problem with Rampage. He does this every single week, and it just the only time this has ever worked for me is when you know when you've got those like absolutely stacked dynamites, and you're like, this looks, <laughs> this looks great, but how on earth are you <laughs> going to fit yeah. everything in? And then it starts. In the ring, you're like, oh, man, yeah, this is obviously going to get 18 to 20 minutes. Strap in. This is going to be as good as you think you are because certain matches warrant time, whatever. It just, I don't like it here. And they could sort of cheat it as well because it's taped. So they yes. can do the entrances, sort of smush them down a bit, yes. maybe cut to the announce table or whatever to break it up so it doesn't feel too weird. Yeah. Or just not do loads of stupid backstage promos. <laughs> either of, or. Yeah, either or. Either or. Um, and the other problem I had with this is like watching this, and yes, I understand that, it did a great job, the the, the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions, um, to get over three years of wins and losses have actually really mattered in this company. It's not just what you want to do this week on Dark, even though it does feel like that half the time. And that it does matter. And look what your investment in the co- continuity means, this tournament. And look what working hard for three years means. In three years' time, you could be in this tournament as well. But at the same time, it did bring into focus that Darby and Sammy are still just in the same roles. And I'm thinking, right, if they're still in these roles, what is the point? And I know the point is great wrestling from great wrestlers, but like why squander so many dream matches and build something along the lines of Wheeler Utah and Daniel Garcia as a storyline, even though I've enjoyed it immensely. Oh, yeah. They're not replacing Sammy and Darby. There's no need to go new stars, new stars, new stars, because the new stars, new stars thing that they did across 2019 and 2020 obviously hasn't worked that mm-hmm. much because bar the um, the TNT title reigns that they um, shared, Darby and Sammy are in pretty much the same place. So I just found further confirmation that I have problems with the way that Tony Khan books within mm-hmm. the body of this match, but that's not a reflection of the match itself because it was very good to great. I think they've had better, but this is still so good at points. Like the struggle of the mat work genuinely felt like they weren't choreographed sequences they were genuinely wrestling really hard and smart for the advantage and the story told between those two low pay spots is incredible very simple the valet got in the way and i ate shit from an absolutely perfectly timed cutter the next time i don't care <laughs> like get out the way i'm not actually trying to hurt you no, but exactly. just get out the goddamn way and tay did her role in this match in that particular spot was great because it must be so hard to train your body when you're a wrestler, right? Someone's going to blindside me, and I have to pretend that I'm not going to get, like, attacked imminently. So the fact that they embrace themselves, I'm always super impressed by that. But his toe pay in particular, or low pay, is such a bullet of a move that <laughs> you must be a little bit, oh, I'm going to get decked here. But there was no apprehension on Sammy's part whatsoever. And those two spots, not only were they perfectly executed, but they told a great story. Um, I could maybe have done without chicanery at the finish in the context of a tournament. However, the idea of, I'm going to ruin the preview, I'm sorry, but there's going to be lots to preview on the Dynamite preview. The idea of Mox versus Guevara is incredible. All I want to build it is for John Moxley to have a 10-second pre-tape and not even the 90-second boiler room brilliance. I just want him at the start of the show, after the first match, to say, Sammy, I know what you said about my friend and you're going to pay for it. Just the most simple, concise allusion to the backstage drama because John Moxley standing up for the honour of Eddie Kingston 
most likable versus most hateable. I think it's a book of masterstroke from Tony Khan. Yeah, really good stuff. That uh, we get a recap of what happened on uh, AEW, specifically with uh, with MJF and him talking about the the bidding war of twenty twenty four and taking the title and stuff like that. Um, it's almost baby faced him a little bit. The, the recap and them chanting along to his catchphrase. Yeah, it was an odd editing choice, I thought. Mm. And then we got the in ring promo from Samoa Joe addressing what's going on with him. He comes back. He says, "A happy years to be back wrestling in AEW, uh, back defending the ring of on a TV title." Uh, and he promised to take on anyone. He promised violence. And then he was interrupted by Smart Mark Sterling, um, who I did like the line. Tony Nese has got more abs than you've had matches, basically. And, and abs. And, abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like Do you know what I like about Joe? Is often when people say these things, that they're like quite a singers, he just sometimes just goes, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, and he puts over, does Mark Sterling, Josh Woods, for saving his life um, from, uh, from what happened on Dynamite. Um, and he says, I think Woods has earned a shot at the TV title. And uh, Joe says, it's amazing, this. I, I agree with every single word you said. So you know what? Right now, let's have it. TV title on the line right now. And Sterling does the whole, ah, these people don't deserve it. Let's save it for Albany next week. Uh, yep. Yeah, I continue to be a little bit bored of the imposition that is Ring of Honor at this point. There was never a white hot start. It doesn't offer anything as a brand that AEW is the catch-all by definition doesn't offer. And it just feels like it exists at the convenience of Tony Khan when he just kind of wants to put something on Rampage. There's nothing imminent as far as I'm aware of a TV deal. Um, it just feels like this misfire that barely exists. And when it does exist, you do think to yourself, well, why does it exist? Mm. So I'm not really that high on all of this. But smart Mark Sterling minus petitions equals <laughs> a really fun TV character. Uh, here's a sentence I never thought I'd say when I first started in actually I've sorry I know I've just cut you off at the pass there I blew up your spot Wilborn it's alright I'm sorry about that um, arguing that there should be rankings or there are rankings in Ring of Honor is in complete bad faith that yes. is not the case Yes, but they are taking the piss a little bit with the open challenge gimmicks that's spread across the TV and the world title at this point um, why wouldn't you just go for the world yeah, theoretically, if that's a better title, more prestigious, you get more money, mm -hmm. um, you get more profile. Um, the need to, it's one thing, it works perfectly in AEW. You have the rankings, should exist more, but theoretically you have the rankings for the world. And then they've done the um, the open challenge given for the TNT. I like both of those, and I think they can exist in harmony. The ROH, I'd like each belt to have an identity. Yeah, I or agree. Or neither to exist and just fold the promotion because it's been a complete, uh, not a disaster, just this weird, why bother? It's got a great tape library that you can lean on, but yeah. Yep, I, do that. Yeah. Do that. Uh, yeah, no, what I was going to say is a sentence that has become kind of normalized, and I don't mean to, to put it down, but the fact that I can just sit here and say, Mira cut a promo on God, and you go, yep, same as every other week. But it's still great. But it's still great, yes. Um he is angry that the devil snuck out the back door uh, and his gold, the TNT title, is around the waist of lesser men. Um, and I will say this, because we were talking about it on Dynamite and we were putting over the fantastic Dynamite and the Tournament of Champions and blah, blah, blah. And I saw someone point out on Twitter, well, you, you say all the all the big champions are in there, but Miro's not in there. And, there, and I, I get it. Probably the tweets that he was sending probably meant that he's not... Anyway. Um, but also... 
he was never going to win the tournament, so it kind of makes sense if you want to keep him looking strong, blah, 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 blah. But also, it, it was addressed here by him, you know, why have you forsaken me? Why am I not even in this bloody tournament? Um, he closes with an incredible line. And Alan got the win at the pay-per-view, so that justifies yeah. his inclusion if you want to look at it that way. Uh, admit that you have failed. Belt the Redeemer now. Belt the Redeemer. <laughs> I love that. Belt him up, strap him up to my favorite, just dorky, we kind It's like there's certain bits of wrestling lingo. Taz hates this. Taz hates it really? when fans use, like, kayfabe and all the rest of it. I get it. But at the same time, belt people up. I just, it's just a really pleasing yeah. turn of phrase that I can't quite um, grasp why. Belt the Redeemer. <laughs> is the, the economy of this man's promo game is just absolutely majestic. And... Um, I love this because I think we're getting Miro versus Wardlow at full gear. Wow. And I think we'll get Miro as a face deep into 2023. I think that'll be a project. And that's the thing. You can kind of book people to lose when they're about to go on a new shift in character. So Wardlow can win that. But at the same time, I wouldn't look look beyond them. Belting the Redeemer because he's so good. Because if you notice on Dynamite, Wardlow cut that post-match promo saying, I know what you're thinking. This run kind of sucks and it's <laughs> underwhelming. Don't worry, it's going to change. Then the very next TV episode, we've got Miro saying the belt is not worthy of him. So those two things are tied together. And Miro versus Wardlow would be such a cool hoss fight with like two of the most badass aura mm. guys in the promotion. So I'm well in favor of this. And I thought they were they linked up quite nicely, these two promos. build as well for that. Oh, Just why? Killing I, dudes. Yeah, it's like the... <laughs> It's the unstoppable force and the immovable object versus the unstoppable force (laughs) and the immovable object. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help 
a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, right, next up on Rampage, we got Serena D versus Madison Rain, a brief Skip. women's match yet again on Rampage here. Um, early on, Madison Rain counters the deep tox into a cradle uh, for a near fall. Uh, I, I mean, for all this was, yes, just a brief women's match to tick a box and fill a bit of time. Serena Deeb still makes me smile every time she's in there. She gets out-wrestled by Madison Rain briefly, so she just goes, bright bollocks, and just clotheslines <laughs> Madison's head off and then just starts raining down fists on her. And I've never seen, I can't think of anyone recently anyway, that has shut down a We Want Tables chant quicker with yeah. with more of a, no. Nah. Yeah. Not like a, I'm not going to do that, I'm a heel, blah, Just the whole, no. Nah. No. Nah. Uh, she just shrugs it off. Neck breaker from D gets her a near fall. Rain comes back with um, punches and a sliding lariat for a two. She puts her in a front face lock, but Deeb just chucks her off, smashes her knee against the ring, uh, puts her in the serenity lock, and taps Madison Rain out. Yeah, the action was solid and decent. I did not give one single toss about it. You know my opinions on solid guys. I just can't be bothered with stuff that is simply there to a decent standard. Like, you know, I really just want to at night sometimes. Get started on Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Kind of gave up after two worlds. So I was playing with my younger son, and I'm thinking, I got him Kirby after that because I thought it was a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves Kirby, so one day. But I think, you know what I would love to do? I would love to play Super Mario Odyssey because I think the game looks great, and I'm a big Mario guy. But I'm just knackered. I only have precious time in my life for so many things. I've chosen wrestling to be one of them. So when it just bores me, it doesn't inspire me, I get a little bit bored, and this is what happened with this match. I believe it existed because Serena Deeb is now going to partner Britt Baker on Wednesday. Okay. They absolutely could have 1 million percent done that. And I went, all right, okay. She solicited the services of Serena Deeb as a tag team partner because Jamie Hayter is obviously not willing to do it anymore. I did not need five minutes of TV on Rampage for this to exist. I would rather have seen a real angle, a real storyline between two female performers that I could have sunk my teeth into. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Jamie Hater promo where she's asked, like, focus on this. You've finally got a real grudge feud that you've built, right, following the pay-per-view events. And two episodes of TV have gone by where it's not being capitalized on. And it's now, I'm not a goldfish. I can remember things that happened three years ago in AEW Law. But at the same time, just... The more you put it on TV, the more important it feels. Yes. And this no longer feels important. Yeah, it's a valid point. Um, like, if they can't make time for it, why should I give my time to it? This is all mutual reciprocation. I agree. Uh, we got Lexi Nair, a couple of interviews of her. First with, with uh, Jade Cargill and the Baddies, uh, putting over a win against Athena at All Out. She says she's 37-0. and You might as well call it 50-0. and The Baddies back her up and say, yep, yeah, back of the line for you, Athena. Uh, Jay just says, whoever wants it next can get it. Uh, and then we got a great interview, I thought, with, with Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, talks about opening up the Book of Hobbs. And uh, I love the fact he called himself the Monstar Powerhouse Hobbs because I bloody love Space Jam, me. <laughs> I love Space Jam as well. 
It's absolutely class. Yep, this is good. They had a they had to follow up what Powerhouse Hobbs did at the paper somehow. It's not really worth mentioning. But I do like the new nickname. Love the act. Love the wrestler. This is good. He's done something. It's worthy of putting over. It's worthy of addressing on TV. If anything, it probably should have been built up more like, Jesus Christ, did you see what he did at Ricky Starks? Five minutes. He's done that to Ricky Starks, the breakout performer. Again, this sort of stuff, if anything, should be sold even more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he... he finds a weakness, targets it, and if you haven't got a weakness, he'll make a weakness. Yeah. That's what you should be doing with him. Um, he's, I think he's been a, a real revelation as a heel. Cause I, oh, he's been so good. I, you know, fair he, play for that body transformation. Yeah, exactly. Jacked. Because I think, I think I, you look at him, you looked looked at him, and you say, yeah, he's got, he's got, he's clay, he's got great potential there. Um, but, you know, I myself heard about his real life story well, why the bloody hell would you turn this guy here? Yeah. And shows what I know because he's been just brilliant. And they almost show his range because he was really likable as a baby face. Mm. I think if there's been good such turn as well, great turn. There's been such an abundance of keep your eye on this guy, keep your eye on this wrestler, this, this, this. And it's just like, right, I'm starting to not buy how many people I'm meant to invest in because you're making me do it too often. And the people who have I have invested in, I've watched kind of just not flounder, but just be there in the middle of the card like your Darbys and your Sammies and your mm-hmm. Jungle Boys to an extent. Um, so it was getting a little bit hard to like really trust the process. And if you go on the ground floor with an act and get taken on the journey, it's immensely satisfying. And actually, I think Hobbs is the one or one of the ones where it's like, no, it's worth it every step of the way. Uh, then it's time for the main event for the Ring of Honor World title. Claudio Castagnoli versus Dax Hold. Of course, beforehand, there's the, there's the back and forth. Regal's involved talking about his history with Dax. And uh, Claudio and Dax are very respectful to each other. But Dax says, you know, tonight is the night. And he's already wearing lots of belts. And he's going to get another one. He promises to win the world title. Um, and Claudio says, no, no, you're not. I'm going to beat you, basically. And then we get the old Mark Henry. Waste of money him and Paul White were. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> it's been a while since we played that, and I, every time I forget quite how long that is. Yeah, I know. it is slowed down, obviously. But uh, uh, campaign continues from me. Just to have Caprice Coleman do more commentary. Oh, he's so AEW. good. What was it he said to Jericho? I wrote this down. You do realize the rest of the class is using their inside voices because he like he's a great commentator to commentate on action. He's got. That bit of patter about him as well, yeah. that he can handle dickheads in the booth like Chris Jericho's a l- being. A lot of people have said about Jericho earlier that he couldn't stop screaming. He has, if you notice, he stopped screaming. He really has. But he can still do it to an extent. At least now, it's not abrasive. And you can play with it like Coleman did here to absolutely wonderful effect. I still think Jericho's so good. When he puts something over, it's like, yeah, yeah, Chris, like, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Taz is great at that as well. Yeah. Um... These two had a lovely time beating the shit out of oh, each other. Oh, yeah. They didn't, <laughs> yeah. They, didn't miss, they didn't miss about here. It comes later. But there was a uh, uh, pile driver again where the craft of these two just came into it because I was like, oh, someone's going to get a broken neck. Yep. Um, so, yeah, early on, forearms, chops, all the good stuff, short arm clotheslines, just, just hit me as hard as you. Let's do, keep, do it snug, basically. Uh, my one, well, my one issue was 
the bit where they did a vertical suplex, went over the top rope, and went to the outside. Where have I seen that before? This episode of yeah. Rampage. Annoying that. It's just, you know. Dax has got previous by looking at... Like, first of all, this is a problem with the agenting. And I'm yes. sorry, I've interrupted your mid-flow. No, no, no. It's a, it's a valid point to make, and I'm worried well, you're going to yeah, miss yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, before it drops out of my head, as so much does. <laughs> um, the agents should have realized, right, what... And I know the wrestlers have more input, and the agents basically exist to stop this kind of stuff from happening, basically, right, okay, our job is not to lay out a match on your behalf in line with what management wants because it's the company of expression and different styles are there, but the agent's job should be to get an idea with the match to which they've been assigned, what they're going to do, not spot for spot because you want to allow for a bit of improv, and then have a little meeting before the show and go, right, okay, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, they're going to do this. And if there's any cross-pollination like there was here, just say, right, okay, well, obviously that can't happen. What match best suits it or who can drop it? Because why else should the agents exist? Yeah, and they didn't need it in this match. They did it to take us to a break, but you could have any other spot. It was required in the Allo one because you were setting up the first tope. Yes. Bit. So Dax has got previous. Not only did he do it here, knowing what was taped first, and, you know, you should be watching it as well just to make sure you're not stepping on anyone's dick. God, I hate CM Punk, but there were so many great lines <laughs> yes. in what was a fabulous promo that they just they have entered my vernacular now. <clears throat> so he shouldn't have stepped on his own dick. Um, but also, he kind of did that with a uh, Wheeler Uter as well. Yes, with, with the German spots, he's got a, he's a sly little sly one. <laughs> so yeah, that takes us to a break. Uh, when we come back, oh, Claudio Castagnoli's a bastard. Yep, he throws Harwood into the post, but he throws him sort of. Not legs first, but so that the bottom half of his body is going to clip the post and spin him. And that happens, which means that Dax Howard then spills out head first and takes this horrible looking bump, yeah. which I'm sure was completely safe because think of the two guys that are in this match. But my word, Claudio, where's, what's, where's this come from? Look at these people you've been hanging around with. Um, anyway, they brawl back into the ring. Abdominal stretch from Claudio. Howard escapes with a hip toss. Uh, Castagnoli sets him up with a superplex, but Howard fights out of it and chops Claudio down to the mat. Diving headbutt gets him a near fall. Um, he starts hitting him with jabs, does uh, Harwood. And then he counter counters uh, a neutralizer attempt with that pile driver. That's where I thought, oh, someone's going to die. But these are yeah, consummate pros we're working with here. Harwood goes up top and... I don't know whether it's I, I glanced away or the camera angle changed, but it felt like Claudio came out of nowhere yeah. with this flying uppercut. Uh, and then as a result, because I was down there, Claudio can get him up with a top rope superplex for a near fall. Uh, another break, I think, then. Um, and we get Harwood countering a pop-up uppercut with a backslide. Claudio goes for a boot, but uh, Harwood gets him up for that beautiful slingshot Liger bomb thing that he does for a two-count. Claudio goes for a charge in the corner, missed. Harwood gets in with some German suplexes. He goes for the top rope back suplex, but Claudio beautifully sort of counters that in midair into a crossbody. But Harwood, because he's great as well, rolls through and gets himself a near fall. This was the bit where I was like, yeah, these two just really like kicking the crap out of each other because they just start forearming each other in the center of the ring. Um, the crowd starts getting behind Claudio. He uh, gets Harwood in the giant swing, puts him in the sharpshooter. Harwood goes to the ropes. Claudio counters with a cross face. Harwood rolls through, gets a sharpshooter of his own. Castagnoli finally just up kicks uh, Dax in the face to escape the hold. And then it starts. 
the sort of patented BCC elbows to just the head and neck of your opponent rains down with elbows and forearms and what have you. Uh, that weakens Hallward to the point that Claudio can put him in a deep sharpshooter and uh, eventually Dax has to submit. Claudio retains the Ring of Honor world title. Uh, Jericho mentions, oh, I've never been Ring of Honor world champion yep. on commentary, which I thought was an interesting note. And post-match, there's a lovely show of respect uh, with, with Regal helping Hallward up and, and him and uh, Castagnoli having a moment to close the show. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, you know what's ironic, considering such a acolyte of Bret Hart, is that Bret Hart often used to complain that Ric Flair had only a Ric Flair match. It was great. It was a phenomenal critical and commercial success, hence why he was one of the biggest wrestling stars ever. But he had the same match quite a lot. I think it's a bit of personal bias in there, but I'm going to let Bret have them because he's the best. Yeah. I've seen different Ric Flair matches, but I understand what he means, and I think a lot of people do. Um, weirdly, considering Brett buried Rick for that, I think Dax, you know, he's a tag team wrestler who's had so many different styles of tag team wrestling matches. But as a singles guy, he's got his pattern, he's got his formula. And as I mentioned on the preview, I was kind of tiring it, tiring of it. Didn't necessarily matter who he's in the ring with. Um, he kind of had your 12 to 15 minute Dax singles match where the structure was similar and all the rest of it. This was so good. I think this is my favorite Dax Harwood singles performance. Really? Yeah. I love the punk match just because everyone was high on punk at the time. Yeah. Um, I think he'd had a couple of botches over the, the last couple of matches he had. So it was like a perfect punk performance, a great, great match. But this, I think, was the more impressive and just better match um, because Dax Harwood wrestled a match bespoke to the opponent mm -hmm. not just the 15 minute Dax match and I thought it was so much better as a result and I've liked and loved some of the other ones but I just thought this is a cut above like there's a spot which really solidified how much I love this for me where um he's trying to do something on the top rope or Claudio's trying to do something and advancing towards um Harwood I think it was before the dive and headbutt um uh, on the top turnbuckle he's like right I've got this impossibly supernatural monster of an opponent and he's coming to get me. How do I get him away from me? I'm going to unleash so many revoltingly physical <laughs> rapid fire chops to his chest. And it was like, he hasn't done that in any of his matches because he hasn't faced anyone like Claudio before. who's like the six foot four monster who's got everything a five foot seven guy has got mm -hmm. as well somehow so i just thought he was really really good i'm gonna chop him until he has to let go yes, of the top rope yes yeah. it was such a great spot worked so well against that specific opponent and in general i thought the last five minutes of this were absolutely great because dax looked like he was done out for the count at least five different times in just these surges of spirit and defiance where he's like, no, I'm not done yet, I'm not done yet. It was like 17 minutes in, and I'm thinking, it's funny I haven't read a spoiler for this because it's going to a draw or something. Mm -hmm. I was really on the hook for the finish. But yeah, this is Dax's best individual performance, and I regret burying him very, very gently over the past however many weeks. Not burying him, but mildly critiquing great, if familiar, performances because... Give him a belt. Mm. What do you know? A memorable episode of Rampage for once. I've missed this. I've missed this, and it shouldn't take... Um, the company being set ablaze <laughs> to give me an hour's worth of worthy entertainment on a Saturday morning, especially when you've got the roster that size. Yeah, exactly. It's not as if it's like a bad roster or a limited roster and Warner have gone, right, you've got good ratings, do a show. And you're thinking, oh, 
haven't got the resources really to do it. You've got everything. Make it count. Yeah. Make it count because you have not been doing anywhere enough, anywhere near enough of that recently. And they made this one count. Absolutely. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on AW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. And you can read about what the company used to be like before CM Punk burned it down uh, in his book, Becoming Holy, The Rise of AW, which is on Amazon right now. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. It's going to be a very interesting week yet again in AEW will, of course, be previewing and reviewing Dynamite later on this week. Uh, also today, you've already got the SmackDown review available, and we'll be back a little bit later on with a preview of Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the AEW Rampage review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.